Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. China's suppression of data about COVID-19's origins is now public knowledge, but little attention is given to the ongoing concealment of how many people died. In this exclusive report, we look beyond China's official numbers to reveal the rest of the story, and the truth is shocking. Let's zoom in. Beijing is facing its worst COVID outbreak. Around 250 million people were infected during the first weeks of December. China had reported only 37 deaths caused by COVID-19. We urge China to be fully transparent about what's going on. We do know that we don't know the cases right now. Now, the BBC has found evidence of a considerable COVID death toll in China's rural areas. If you visit local crematoriums, there's a lot of people have died. WHO still believes that uh, deaths are heavily underreported uh, from China. The regime's prestige is based upon this idea that they are really good managers of, of everything that's going on in the country. And if, if uh, the COVID numbers are not supporting that, well, one way to address that problem is to eliminate the COVID numbers, right? If you believe the COVID-19 data reported by Chinese authorities, the country's COVID-19 response is a miracle in human history. No one in China has died of COVID-19 since February 23rd, although 90% of the population has been infected. And for three full years, right up to the day Beijing ended its zero COVID-19 policy, China reported just over 5,200 COVID-19 deaths. Since the start of the pandemic, China's COVID-19 death toll stood at less than 90,000, or 600 thousandths of a percent of the country's population. Now, according to official statistics, China's COVID-19 mortality rate is falling at the fastest pace in the world. By February, authorities reported deaths were down to less than 1,000 per week. That's an extremely low mortality rate, just 7 in 10 millions of a percent for the entire country. By the end of February, COVID-19 deaths reported in China fell 100 percent, all the way down to zero. That's from over 4,000 daily deaths just a month prior. In comparison, COVID-19 deaths in the U.S. peaked at over 2,600 a day in early 2022, and then fell by 46 percent to about 1,400 a month later. In other words, over the same one-month period, China's COVID-19 deaths dropped by more than double the U.S. rate, signaling the steepest drop in COVID-19 deaths worldwide. In response, the Chinese regime was triumphant. In mid-February, the Politburo Standing Committee, Beijing's decision-making organ, met for talks. Officials there said the Communist Party's policies and adjustment of COVID-19 controls since November had been, quote, totally right, and that the public would agree with the conclusion. But if you suspect China's data is misleading, perhaps these reports can shed some light. First, a new wave of the virus exploded in China since at least December 2022, if not earlier. Signs of the surge were everywhere. 
We spoke to hospital staff, funeral home personnel, and local residents across China about the situation. To protect their identities, we altered some of their voices. We're short on beds now. All beds have been full since the new year, basically every day. For cremation, we don't have space to store bodies. It's all full. Because during this time, the pressure on funeral homes throughout the city is very tense, and we are not allowed to rest now. My friend is doing a funeral service chain. People died, and some have set up a hall or something. Now the business is booming, all booked. A friend of mine, his dad, said that during this period, a month and a half, he's been to seven memorials. My neighbor told me before the new year that more than 20 people died. And that community wasn't big, with only dozens of houses. U.S. data analyst George Calhoun has examined COVID-19 data from China over the past few years, especially the official COVID-19 death toll. So if you have uh, an outbreak that is uh, out of control and uh, breaking down your medical uh, institutions and putting stress on, on the economy in the way that it has, well, that doesn't support your story that Former U.S. Army officer and microbiologist Sean Lin says in the eyes of the Chinese Communist Party, the so-called success of its zero COVID-19 approach, marked by severe lockdowns, contact tracing and mass testing, only proves the system's superiority. Incentive. They want to present an image to Chinese people as well, to the whole world, that the Chinese model works, the CCP model. But that claim only works if the numbers add up. The only problem is, can we trust the numbers? The CCP's CDC announced that from December 7th last year to January 8th this year, in the span of just over a month, only 37 people across the country died of COVID-19. 37. That's the official figure of COVID-related deaths reported in China after the zero COVID-19 policy ended on December 7th. On January 14th, just a week later, China's health officials announced a big edit, raising the official COVID-19 death toll since last December from 37 to about 60,000. They are kind of like a reported number, gave people a kind of like the impression of jumping around, you know, a sudden jump <laughs> with no explanation, uh, which does not make any sense. Dr. Mai He is a pathologist at Washington University School of Medicine. Since then, reports of overwhelmed hospitals and overflowing funeral homes have inundated the internet and global media headlines. My close relative, among them, there are four died already. That is from one family. 37 deaths. That's 
I, you almost uh, think there's a sense of humor, dark humor there, to report a number like that. In February, Time magazine quoted Yan Zhonghuang, senior fellow at the Council on Foreign Relations for Global Health, as saying, the problem for China is the extent of that undercount, or what causes that undercount. First, you have the strict definition that discourages doctors from reporting COVID-related deaths. Second, you only count those cases when people die in hospitals. In China's COVID-19 data pipeline, there are some seemingly obvious information drop-offs. Until now, China has only counted fatalities in which a scan showed lung damage caused by the virus. So the death wasn't counted if COVID-19 was only a contributing factor. Unlike China's method, the World Health Organization's guidelines says deaths in which COVID-19 is a contributing cause must be counted. No country in the world is changing the definition of COVID-19 deaths. It's set by the WHO, followed by all countries. Those excluded in China's data could be a sizable group. As The Economist noted, the virus of COVID-19 elevates deaths of those with other illnesses at alarming rates. Additionally, China's death tally only includes patients who died while in hospitals and who tested for COVID-19. The 60,000 figure means on average, only six people died of COVID-19 for every 100 hospitals and medical facilities during the peak of the surge. What about the rest? Like those who died at home, and those among the half billion people in China's rural areas who lack easy access to healthcare facilities. But even those who died in hospitals may not have been certified as COVID-19 deaths. In this video, a patient in Shanghai asked a doctor for a COVID-19 diagnosis certificate. In the case of China, the, the physicians, the doctors at hospitals, when they have to certify a death certificate, if someone had COVID but they also had diabetes, they're reported as having died of something other than COVID. So of course, it's asking them to lie. As of February 23rd, the total official COVID-19 deaths in China since 2019 count up to just over 88,000. 94% of the death toll occurred between last December and this February, about three months. Our investigation to even access that official death toll was clouded by a fog of skewed data. China's National Health Commission suddenly stopped publishing daily COVID-19 infections and deaths near the end of last year. The Chinese Center for Disease Control and Prevention was still publishing data until earlier this year. Since January, China has reported COVID-19 deaths only a handful of times. In December, the official death count even had one struck off. And on one occasion, data from China's CDC and National Health Commission reflected a near 20-fold discrepancy for COVID-19 infections and hospitalizations. 
China also has no rolling mechanism to smooth daily fluctuations. Although death rates are charted according to official figures and weekly reports, no specific numbers are given. Without officials providing reliable data, we delved into frontline reports, online postings, statistic models, and spoke to experts from different areas to find out the true toll of China's COVID-19 pandemic. But before we get into that, perhaps you are wondering, why should we even care? The virus came out of China. There's nothing unusual about that. Wuhan, Hubei province, the origin of the COVID-19 pandemic and the only COVID-19 hotspot in China in 2019. Yet the city's death count was adjusted at the very beginning of the outbreak. By April 2020, the original COVID-19 death toll in the city was set at about 2,500. Then a day later, officials added another thousand deaths, said to be the result of failures by hospitals to report numbers correctly. That brought the Wuhan death count up to less than 4,000, where it still stands today. Outside of the city, another 600 deaths were reported in Hubei province. Beyond Hubei province, there have been just over 100 COVID-19 deaths reported in all of China over three years a total of less than 5,000. If that data is to be believed, how did the virus not spread throughout the rest of China? The critical issue is the lack of transparency, consistent lack of transparency. This is a threat to the whole world. A 2021 study by the British Medical Journal found an eight-fold increase in pneumonia deaths in Wuhan compared to the same period in 2019. That's nearly 6,000 more deaths, and nearly three-fifths of them were not attributed to COVID-19 in the original official count. In May 2021, The Economist reanalyzed the same data. That investigation found that the total excess deaths in Wuhan reached more than 13,000. That's triple China's official count and double the British report's estimate. So for these models, disease prediction model is always garbage in, garbage out. If you cannot get real data from China, all your estimations will be way off. According to a professor at Johns Hopkins University, people are hungry for data, good data, as he worries that there might be too many models out there. Only when people have the correct information can they make correct judgments. It's very important uh, for us to keep on the, you know, to be on the same page, uh, you know, exchange the critical value, you know, information, so people can take uh, corresponding actions. With good data, researchers can predict how many people will likely get infected with the virus. Governments can implement countermeasures and policies. Health organizations can better understand patients' needs. And the Chinese people can stay informed about the true scale of the calamity descending on their country. That is what China has not allowed to happen from really the first outbreak right on through to today. The destruction of data, the uh, hiding of information, the suppression of uh, reports of all sorts, the, uh, all of that has uh, put a, a big cloud uh, of uncertainty over this very critical part of the epidemiological chain. If 
During the earlier pandemic, Time magazine interviewed many sickened Wuhan residents and relatives of presumed COVID-19 victims. They were never included on official death or infection tallies. And just like how China defied WHO guidelines on how to define a COVID-19 death, since the outbreak, China has changed what constitutes a COVID-19 infection in its official statistics at least eight times. It wasn't until the end of March 2020 that Beijing finally included asymptomatic infections in its official reports. In 2020, a U.S. study led by Dr. Mei He on the official outbreak in China's Wuhan estimated 36,000 could have died at the time, 10 times the official figure. People die, 1,000 people. It's different than the kind of like impact of 10,000 people, right? Or even higher. Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo had earlier told CNBC that Beijing's actions have set America's prevention efforts back. And the information that we got at the front end of this thing uh, wasn't perfect and has led us now to a place where much of the challenge we face today. That is, if the CCP didn't lie, the loss would be greatly reduced. A study by the British University of Southampton found 95% of COVID-19's global spread could have been reduced if China had come clean with the initial Wuhan outbreak and intervened earlier. It's a big deal if China underreported Wuhan's mortality data during this period. This would prove two things. First, that Chinese authorities knew that COVID-19 deaths were much higher than reported. Second, that other COVID-19 deaths in China may have been excluded or incorrectly attributed to other causes. Within eight days, I lost five close relatives. The information that we got at the front end of this thing uh, wasn't perfect and has led us now to a place where much of the challenge we face today. It's very important uh, for us to be on the same page. That is what China has not allowed to happen. If you cannot get real data from China, all your estimations will be way off. My close relatives, among them, there are four died already. That is from one family. We calculated how long each furnace burns, and then we came back to make an overall estimate, which is around 380 million. Coming up, an advanced made-in-China chip inside Huawei's latest smartphone, raising questions about just how effective Washington's chip ban really is. That's because the Chinese telecom giant can't access 5G chips from overseas or make them itself due to Washington's export controls. What are the main concerns and what does the news mean for the smartphone market? We sat down with Todd Weaver, CEO and founder of Purism, for details. His comments and more after the break here on China in Focus.
Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Privacy eroded, microchip sources in question. What does China's new 5G packing smartphone mean for the tech market? Concerns around the issue, with fears that Beijing is pulling data from users. And could that create more demand for a privacy-focused smartphone? We speak to Todd Weaver, CEO and founder of Purism, for more. Todd Weaver, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. So Apple just had their latest keynote release with the iPhone 15. You actually started your own phone and computer company called Purism. So give us an idea of why they should choose your products. Uh, well, a key piece is that we actually manufacture our, all of our electronics in the United States of America. Pretty much everybody understands that the majority of phones are either Android or iOS. Uh, we happen to be the third PureOS, which is all the source codes fully released which means it's peer reviewable, uh, which helps on security, privacy, and the fact that you own your device. You're not renting it from a big tech company. How does your app store work? We probably have a few hundred available applications, whereas iOS and Android have hundreds of thousands. And uh, that app gap is something that is able to be closed if uh, with momentum and time. Right. We have the momentum, so it's just a matter of time before the application that some person might really want is available. And Todd, you mentioned how one of the biggest things is that all the parts are made in the U.S. and you also highlighted the security and privacy aspects. But what made you start Purism? What did you see? U.S. manufacturing was really, this has been on the decline for quite some time, looking at how can I bring manufacturing, especially around a phone or electronics, to the U.S. Targeted around geopolitically, making that there's obviously advantages, Made in USA is a very strong thing to promote. Give us a sense of what those tensions were. So think of it encrypted communication or infrastructure. You need to be able to verify that that device is secured and doing its task. When you're dealing geopolitically, as soon as you introduce another country into that supply chain, that becomes a risk. And so when you're looking at uh, the most secure devices. How do you create the most secure devices, the devices that are going to protect the people that operate them? Zooming out a bit, recently we mm -hmm. saw Chinese telecoms giant Huawei's low-key rollout of their phone making a lot of headlines because of this yeah. 5G chip that they're not supposed to have the ability to either access or make due to export control. So given that, what are these market concerns here and how is Purism a potential solution? So uh, when you're looking, you also can add in even uh, with uh, uh, China banning um, iPhones, at, you know, from a security standpoint. So geopolitically, it's really important to keep your communications and infrastructure domestic. So the thing that we're able to do with uh, Liberty Phone is have all the communications, all of the electronics manufactured in a controlled environment. Also, because we're a U.S. company, fully owned U.S. Uh, um, uh, a company, then that also means that we're under the jurisdictional control of the U.S. And so far, what has been the response to your products on Purism? The, the Liberty Phone made in USA is clearly the thing that's getting the most attention. We, got, we do laptops, mini PCs, uh, servers, um, but the Liberty Phone has gained a tremendous amount of attention early on because I was just saying, hey, I'm going to build a phone that's not Android or iOS. Uh, and that just alone is a, a huge selling feature. But then also the ability to do uh, U.S. manufacturing 
uh, has really boosted the overall sales. Well, Todd Weaver, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. That's all for today's China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocusntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow.